0: Greetings. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Voices Within Public Podcast. I'm your host, Fountain House member Zeus Walton, and this episode we are going to explore the question: What has your experience with employment been like throughout your life? This episode of The Voices Within focuses on the intersection between mental health challenges and employment. This is episode five and the theme, Tales of the Working Members. I want to give a shout out to Nelly for her genius in coming up with such an apropos title. and in this episode we'll explore Fountain House members' experience in occupations such as peer specialists, as TEs, also known as transitional employment workers, and jobs that members adore. Also some of the frustrations experienced in the job market. Trust me, you're about to witness several unique perspectives of some amazing human beings lived experience. First, let me tell you a little bit about myself. I'm an artist, visual and performance, I'm a certified peer specialist and recovery coach. I'm a Nada Protocol acupuncturist and I'm a Reiki master. And I've worked as a woodworker and also on a national railroad. I've been an employee on the railroad. I'm currently perusing entrepreneurship in the field of narration and audio book reading as a voice talent. But I want to thank you in advance for joining us. As we listen into the Voices Within Podcasts, these are some of our narratives. Our tales emerge from the shadows of a history of stigma. Ultimately, these voices are our proposal to humanity. And right here with me, before we continue, let me introduce you to my co-host, the awesome Fountain House member David Rines. Take it away, David.
1: Thank you, Zeus. Uh, I am humbled by that a uh, wonderful introduction. I have been a member of Found House for about 12 years now, since January of 2009. Found House has helped me immensely in terms of finding work. Basically, the first year I was there, I started a job as a janitorial uh, engineer in uh, Port Authority. Um, I moved on to working as an indoor messenger for a few law firms, as well as an outdoor messenger. Those jobs were really great learning experiences for me. Um, I've mostly just done kind of menial type jobs. My first job in my life was for an ice cream parlor, which was an experience in and of itself. I'm currently working as a warm line operator with uh, Fountain House. I answer phone calls from members. Um, who just have something they want to talk about or they need advice or they just want to talk, I, I listen and offer advice as needed or just hear them out um, and offer support. Um, I, and actually, I'm also working in a publishing company called Turtle Point Press, which is operating in Brooklyn, out of Brooklyn. And uh, that's a job I've had for the past year and a half. It's been really rewarding and fun. So yeah, I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me.
0: And now we'll listen to our first caller, Fountain House member, Holly.
2: Hi, my name is Holly Weiss, and I'm a proud Fountain House member in the Wellness Unit and the Silver Center. I've been a member of Fountain House for, I think, four years. My experience with employment throughout my life has been pretty good, I have to say. Um, Of course, I was not diagnosed with bipolar disorder up until seven years ago in my early 50s. And my employment started in my early 20s after I dropped out of college due to a severe depression uh, I left college just short of finishing my second year. I managed to snap out of it miraculously without going to any doctors. And I got my first job several months after dropping out of college as a legal secretary. I knew how to type. Um, and I was very good with English and grammar. However, I kept getting fired from all of my jobs. They never, they never lasted past a few months because I was always late. I have I was later diagnosed with OCD and I couldn't get myself out of the house because of my rituals. My employment career continued with numerous firings until I finally decided to work temp as a temporary legal secretary and I was able to choose my own days and hours and last a little bit longer on the job. However, throughout my life, I've had about three episodes of bipolar depression where I could not work um for about seven years. I was untreated. I didn't have a doctor or any medication. So I was out of work each of those times for about six or seven years until my depression lifted by an act of God, I guess. Thank God I was finally diagnosed seven years ago. As I said, after three, I'm very stable with my medication, with my doctors. I had great aftercare. I found a new career with the help of Fountain House as a certified peer specialist, with the help of the education unit and the APS online course. Since I've been certified, I had no problem gaining employment and keeping employment. I worked for six months on a TE through Be Well, and when that ended, I got an immediate job as a certified peer specialist with Mosaic Mental Health Crisis Respite Center, where I've been for two years. I am taking a temporary leave now due to COVID and pre-existing conditions. And I thank Fountain House from the bottom of my heart for all of its support. Um, I think there's a lot of opportunities for people with mental illness to stay employed if they have the support of Fountain House and they're on medication and they stay involved with activities.
0: Thank you so much. Signing off. So she talked about her employment being pretty good she was in school, she was in college, and she dropped out because of depression. I certainly can identify with that. There was a problem. I didn't know what the problem was, and I dropped out of college because I couldn't no longer stand it. And I didn't know what the problem was, and I didn't ask anybody. I was untreated, just like Holly. And she said she snapped out of it on her own which is a major feat for anybody to snap out of uh, depression episodes on their own. And I identify with that. She went on to work um, and she had her challenges with lateness and firings. But then she told us that she had temporary work and that was pivotal to her own, being able to choose her own work hours and going on in life, untreated, no doctor, no medicines, no care. And it was only after she was diagnosed that she was able to have a shift in stability, a shift in a new career, a shift in her work abilities through Fountain House. She became a peer specialist through APS, she mentioned, which is the Academy of Peer Services. She began to get stabilized with medication, with the help of the opportunities through Fountain House. She started to become active in activities there and it made a huge difference in her life. And um, I know her personally and she's thriving now and it makes a huge difference. And I'm inspired by her story. Thank you. What do you say about this, Dave?
1: Yeah, I could also relate with Holly on many points. Um, I, as well, dropped out of college because of uh, mental health issues I was having. Uh, And like you said, Zeus, I mean, I wasn't really sure what was going on. I just kind of felt maybe, maybe overwhelmed is the word, or maybe just that I wasn't liking it, or maybe I felt it wasn't for me. Whatever the case, I took a technically took a leave of absence, but I never went back. I found that also that uh, Holly worked as a temp, and I have done temp work in the past. I I got a job with Avis Rent-A-Car as a as a driver for their rental cars, which was actually a really cool job, but I only did it for two weeks, and then I stopped. I stopped for maybe the, maybe the same reasons I stopped going to college. I just wasn't really digging it. Also, my friend who I got the job with uh, was moving to New York. And I was like, oh, maybe I'll move to New York. And so for that reason, I I, I stopped the job and uh, I did not move to New York, at least not yet. I, I About a year later, I did. And that's why I'm here now. And then uh, the other thing I was going to say is that uh, Holly was talking about how benefits and her diagnosis offer a safety net. And I, I think that's a really important truth is just that, you know, sometimes getting a diagnosis, it's not it can it can have it has a positive aspect to it It it's it's a it's a way of kind of like letting you regain you know your your thoughts your your find out who you are again and find out what you want to do in life so it might be good to talk about Fountain House's employment opportunities and how it helps out their members Fountain House has two options which are transitional employment, or TE, and supportive employment, or SE, members can choose. To, well, normally a member would do a TE first because it's, it's got more supports available for members. It's a way of getting members back into the workforce, and it can it helped me out, it, it helps build your resume, which is really important, you know. So, yeah, it, it's, it was really helpful to me because I, I built up several jobs on my resume. So, yeah, thank you.
0: Now we'll have Jennifer speak on her employment experience.
3: Good day. My name is Jennifer. Uh, I'm new to House and uh, I was calling you know, to share my experiences. So growing up, I was a cook a while, 11 years, and knowing that in this one I didn't know about depression and stress and mental health and I was trying to figure it out on my own. And knowing that I'm going through a lot of stuff with this depression and mental health now. I see that also it's going to appear that working with mental illness could be a burden, could. But sometimes if you have an idea of where you want to go, you're able to maintain. So my experience now, because I'm working in a peer-run environment, I deal with a lot of mental stories and people who talk about their illnesses and and I can see the pain and trauma that I've brought from it, even exploring my own pain and trauma through the years of things I've been through, how I could have done stuff better. There's no cut or dry way to say or no black or white way to say, you know, it's hard or it's not hard. It's everyone's own experience. So I hope this helped you out. Thanks.
0: Yeah, thank you. That's our member, Jennifer. I'm glad to have her share her experience here with us. She was a a cook for 11 years. That's great. I'm glad she was able to be with the public for that long, but she also was trying to figure her mental health out on her own, which I think that's something that people in general struggle with because I was trying to figure it out on my own and it just wasn't working out. She said, it could be a burden. It could be a burden, but you try to be able to maintain life as on life's terms. And that's hard enough without mental illness, but with a mental health challenge to figure life out, it it really begs for something additional. And she's working as a peer specialist, people with pain and trauma, And it plays a huge part in one's life and their experience. I remember during the holiday in November, I had come to a place where I was feeling very ill in my mind. And I remember that Jennifer was a specialist. And I called her. I called her and I told her, I said, Jennifer, I'm not feeling well. She said, I'm at work. I can't speak. I said, I'm in trouble and she took her time and she she spoke with me she spoke with me and she gave me some a referral and um i was really um i was really impressed with um the way she handled me, the way she handled me and the way she handled my call um, really brought me to a place of understanding myself and asking for help. So um, I salute you, Jennifer, Um, I'm proud of you. And um, one thing she didn't have to do was a couple weeks later, after that she called me and asked me how I was doing. Out of the blue, she called me and asked me how I was doing. I'm going to take a moment and get myself together. Go ahead, Dave. Let's hear from you what you think of it. Thank you.
1: Okay. Uh, thanks, Zeus. Jennifer is, first of all, she's a peer, which is something that to, to take those 13 modules uh, off the Academy of Peer Services website and become a peer, it's, it's no easy feat. I, it's something I'm in the process of doing myself. Jennifer that's amazing that she was a cook for 11 years I mean I was a cook for about two years and it's such an intense hard job she said something interesting if you have an idea of where you need to go you'll be able to maintain and it just it's just important to remember how important focus is in in any situation you know think about about what exactly is happening and what needs to be done. You know, that's something I try and remind myself to do so often in, in the past 15 years since I was diagnosed. It's like, it's, it's just, it's just such a, it's so hard to, to keep, to remind, to remember why you do what you do. You know, sometimes it's just hard to, you up that. So I hope, uh, so Zeus, I I I hope uh, I hope you're okay. Uh, I think that uh, you spoke you spoke some really important truths there.
0: Thank you. I'm also certified peer specialist. Those modules are no joke, and I'm proud of you. I'm proud that you are in the midst of that training. She um, Jennifer, she um, is good at what she's doing, and this is no it's no simple matter to be a peer to another peer who is also dealing with mental health challenges. So thank you and a a salute to um, peer specialists who are on the front line of this movement. They are our essential workers, um, people with mental health challenges. Okay, now we'll hear a call from Louise.
4: I think that my condition is a situation where nobody really had any insights the way. But today, I think there's more knowledge about autism than there was when I was growing up. And I just wonder if I had more interventions, would I have made it as the nurse I wanted to be? I feel bad that I'm never going to know now. I had nurse's aid jobs. I had volunteer jobs. I wanted babies and they gave me the supply room or the mail room or the pharmacy. I didn't like those. I wanted to work with infants. And I was very angry seeing other volunteers getting those things, and I couldn't get them. Well, I have to confess, uh, regarding work, in 1983, I got into Fountain House under the radar through a vessel counselor. Again, because of my condition, even Vesson didn't want to help me. I have a sister, Joan, who's a special ed teacher. She went to the head of OVR, who got me somebody who worked with me, and that person got me into Fountain House under the radar. But my Asperger's syndrome was basically a life of heartbreak and more heartbreakers. I failed the three nursing programs and Fountain House got me messenger jobs. I was a wizard those jobs, a wizard messengering. So good that when I got to my destination, uh, the, um, the package wasn't ready. So the, the people at the place would say, have a seat. So I'd write on my manifest, my arrival time and what took so long. Then the boss sometimes blamed it on me. And I was very angry. I said, I got to the place. The customer didn't have the stuff ready. So I had to wait. I was a foot messenger for 10 years. Jobs at Fountain House got me. And yet, paradoxically, I was very good at those jobs. The companies asked me to work full time. It was a TEP. But they needed me for the full day. And today, um, I'm, work- I'm in the Fountain House art program where my art, if you Google Louise Cavablo's art, you'll see a lot of my works coming up. Thank you, Louise. (laughs) Thank you.
0: She's really spot on with um, there's more knowledge about autism and there's more knowledge about mental health now more than ever. And we as members of Fountain House are benefiting from that knowledge. I'm so I'm so grateful for it, and I'm grateful for the experience of Louise. I'm sorry she didn't um, become the nurse that she wanted to be, but she certainly is thriving in other areas. She mentioned uh, VACID. VACID is the Vocational Educational Services for Individuals with Disabilities. She also mentioned OVR is the Office of Vocational Rehabilitation, and they help you with um, educational pursuits, employment pursuits, and people with uh, various challenges that wouldn't ordinarily get into the job market through um, means of their own. And I'm I'm happy that she was a whiz at being a messenger, the Fountain House job that She she held for ten years. Sounds like she really adored it. And she is an artist. I'm an artist as well in the art program. And I've seen lots of her work. And she's amazing at what she does. She brings uh, new meaning to art. And uh, sometimes I get a chance to speak with her about artwork that we might collaborate on uh, in future projects. And would love to hear what you have to say about this, David. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, thanks, Zeus. The fact that she got into Fountain House under the radar, that's kind of funny. You know, uh, I, I, in case no one knows, to be a member of Fountain House, you need a mental health diagnosis, which is depression, schizophrenia, schizoaffective, or bipolar. Uh, she uh, She's like a nurse to us, to the other members. She's very kind and uh, you know, she, she definitely cares a lot about the community. It's kind of funny when she said that she uh, did such a good job that she was essentially ostracized and blamed for things that she's like, no, look, I did it the way I was supposed to do it. And, and you know, I I can, I I think that happens sometimes. It's kind of, a, it's really a bother <laughs> to to do something so good that you're accused of doing something wrong. I mean... Anyways, that that hit me. That hit me real hard. because I I relate to that, Louise. I definitely do. Thank you.
0: Thanks, Dave, about Louise. Sounds like you have a relationship with her, that you've known her for a while. I'm a new member to Fountain House. I just got here in February of 2020, and I've only known Louise through the Zoom platform. So I'm happy that you know her in person. Wow. What a wonderful tale you yeah, know
1: well we're we're we know each i do i'm not sure if she knows me to be uh <laughs> Louise is uh she's one of the she's a presence in the house people a lot of people you know she has such a presence that people de- instantly recognize who she is what she's about and uh you know how cool she is as a person yeah yeah she's a presence
0: that's true i love that about her She's a presence in my life, too. And we're actually building a relationship and getting rather close. Salute and shout out to you, Louise. (laughs) Thank you. Let's move on.
5: This is Davida Kilgore, and this is the first time I've been on the podcast, so I feel real honored to be here. In answer to the question, uh, my employment has always been in tune with my spirituality. Uh I have always asked for the job I want and claimed it and had it con- be conjured into being. So I started out wanting to be an attorney, and so the first thing I did was took a lot of internships. And I've always believed in doing jobs that I would do whether, you know, whether I got paid for doing them or not. So I did internships, and I interned with the St. Paul City Attorney's uh, Office in the criminal division, And then when I switched from wanting to be an attorney into other jobs, I conjured them into being. But when I moved to New York in 1997 is when all the really great dynamic jobs came up. I was first working for a publishing company, and that's what I wanted to go there and do, and found I really didn't like that. So every day I put on my computer This too shall pass. And I started doing the mantra, I'm going to go work for HBO. And I had no idea that HBO was even in New York. I didn't know that the headquarters were there and that every day I was actually passing it on my bus stop, you know, going to my bus stop to go home from work. And I looked up one day and there it was, HBO. And so I walked in. I was carrying my resume with me all the time. And showed it to the receptionist and she said nobody got a job just walking in you had to know somebody so she asked to see my resume told me I had two typos but she gave me the name of the vice president of HR and his number and I got in touch with him and lo and behold it took a minute but I actually got the job and worked at HBO for five years until they merged with Time Warner and my department was phased out. But every job that I've ever had, I just kind of said, I want to work there. Wow.
0: <laughs> I love a person in tune with their spirituality. Go ahead, Devita. <laughs> Internships, volunteer work, conjured work into being, how majestic is that? Just amazing. And she, you know, she had, she aspired to be an attorney. She worked in publishing, HBO, walked into HBO. How, who does that? (laughs) Somebody fierce does that because I remember uh, the headquarters of HBO, Sixth Avenue, right off 42nd Street. I was scared to go there. I saw that headquarters there and I stepped into the the lobby way, but I never went inside that building, too terrified. So go ahead, Davida. that determination, that fierce spirit to say, I'm gonna work here, carrying her her resume about, I'm gonna work here, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that, and going ahead and doing it. I love that energy, I love that kind of spirit. What do you say about that, David, go ahead
1: man what what can i say that you haven't said zeus i mean like you basically got it got it there i mean uh i i have a lot of respect for davida for saying you know i want to work there i'm gonna go give it give it all i got and i've i don't i don't think i've ever done that (laughs) in all the places i've worked i think i kind of just fell into it and i I love what i do but i just never really i don't think i ever had those kind of guts you know i mean but, uh, and the fact that the woman was like, no one gets a job just by walking in here. What is this? Like, the devil wears Prada? In any case, good for you, Davida, and we're happy to have you as a fellow member. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's what I say too. I'm happy to be a fellow member of Davida's and David's. So, thank you. The D Squad is in the house. All right, let's do it. <laughs> we'll move on.
6: Life wasn't always easy when I came to finding jobs at after college with my bachelor's degree. I applied all, everywhere to see if I could fit in, in a business. I traveled distances such as the Long Island area and also ended up going to WWE headquarters to find a job in Connecticut, but nothing materialized. In this life that I live, I was only offered three opportunities to work for a business, two or through family members and family friends. The third was an internship with the MTA. The main reason I have a master's degree is because I owed my university money and I didn't have a job to pay off debt that was due. So I enrolled back into college to clear my bill to receive my bachelor's diploma and go after my master's. What I found out was that it's not easy to find a position at a firm with a master's degree and no sign of direction. I've been unemployed for nearly three years after graduating my master's in 2017. When you're unemployed, you must find different avenues of work such as getting more education, working for someone that you know that owns a business or a startup. Another way to occupy your time will be to start your own business by creating a business plan. As of 2020, I'm still unemployed. I feel worthless since my class is getting a lot of refusals, letters from, from positions. It went so bad at one point in time. My psychiatrist recommended I work for McDonald's, which wouldn't be an accurate employment level with the education background I've, I've obtained.
0: Thank you, Richard. Thank you for sharing that with us. Wow. He said that life wasn't easy after uh, he earned his baccalaureate degree. I know that's right. After I earned my baccalaureate degree, the thing that I now know, that I now know that I didn't know then was that I could have used support and community around me after earning my degree and i just want you to know that um all those bumps in the road all those swags and swigs, and you know here and there stopping and going it took me 35 years to earn that baccalaureate degree but i sure did i went to the end and he he had to re-enroll into academe to Earn a, a master's degree because he couldn't find work. You know, that pains me in my heart, but you know, he's he's persistent, he's determined, you know, more education. And, you know, he wanted to, you know, it was either more education to try to start your own business and those feelings of worthlessness, you know, coupled with mental health challenge. I know exactly what he's talking about. And to have someone suggest to you that you work in some place like McDonald's, nothing wrong with it, but with a master's degree, you know, that's an honorable thing. Baccalaureate, earning a baccalaureate degree, that's honorable as well, but I I have a, a personal relationship with this young man with Richard and I can tell you right now that he's thriving in our midst, beyond, beyond. <laughs> right now, it's 2021, he's a thriving somebody. What do you say, David, go ahead.
1: Richard is quite a personality. He's uh, he's accomplished a lot on his own as, as he made apparent to us and he does a lot in the, in the clubhouse as well um he's he's a really likable guy and uh it's hard to find jobs it's really hard to put yourself out there and it, uh, for me at least it's been really hard and sometimes you got to be honest with yourself look i know it would be great if i was hosting the tonight show but i don't know if i i have to host the dave show first you know what i'm saying but yeah thank you richard for sharing that and uh good luck in the future with all of your endeavors
0: yeah, that's what I say, too. Good luck, Richard, with all of your endeavors. I appreciate your, your salute to him, Dave. So what a fierce tapestry of the human condition we heard of our Fountain House members making it in the, in the world of work and amazing, huh? Yeah, I want to give props to all the people at the members in Fountain House, all the staff that help with um, everything behind the scenes, their various efforts and contributions to this episode five of The Voices Within. You have our gratitude. Just want to give a gentle reminder, please follow us on whatever platform you engage your podcast listening. Thanks also to the media tech center unit for and they're busy working on episode six so stay tuned i'll turn the mic back over to my co-host david rines for any closing thoughts go ahead david
1: yeah thanks uh i'm happy to be doing this next episode i should be the uh sort of head of operation well austin is the head of operations thank you austin rockman you're the best we love you <laughs> That's right. Thank um, you, Austin
0: Rockman. You're the best. We love you.
1: Thank you, Fountain House and Media Tech Center, Amy Ferrara, Jane Klinger, and every all of our members. Thank you.
0: Yes. Thank you. I just wanna,
6: you know, just think about everything coming everything into play very easily. <laughs>
4: If you'd like to get in touch with us regarding this podcast or have any questions or concerns for the voices within, just email us at fhstudios at fountainhouse.org. The views expressed in this
0: podcast do not necessarily represent the views of Fountain House. The music in this podcast was used with permission from Robert Ferrara, Guillermo Zabula, Kenneth De Silva, Terrell Henry, AKA Uncanny, Richard Cribbell, and Greg Stanger. Is twice the length of his ring jacket His bracket leaves everyone appalled. His friend Paul didn't get the call to
6: join the other CEO.
3: Oh no, here it comes Josephine.